Good afternoon, Patriots. You are tuned into Living with Liberty, your source for common sense and truth. I am your host, Ryan. Today we'll cover Biden hypocrisy, oppressed Ivy Leaguers, and a feel-good story from our military. All next on Living with Liberty. Corruption for me, but not for thee. That seems to be China Joe Biden's mantra. His latest round of hypocrisy is telling Ukraine that they have a corruption problem to clean up before they can enter NATO. We all know that old Joe is losing his faculties, so maybe he needs a reminder that he actually contributed to Ukraine's corruption problem when he made a billion dollars in aid contingent on Ukrainian officials firing a prosecutor that was investigating his son, Hunter. Which, of course, Ukraine obliged and fired said prosecutor. The President of the United States, who, as a number of people view it, was installed in office utilizing questionable tactics, dare I say corrupt methods, a president whose Department of Justice is still holding those nasty, smelly, January 6th insurrectionists in solitary confinement and ignoring their due process, and a president who outright told illegal aliens to flood our border and, for the most part, just come across our border in violation of our federal laws, is telling Ukraine that they have to clean up their corruption problem before they can be considered for entry into NATO. I guess that as a founding member, the United States just gets to ooze corruption while we throw our weight around against the smaller countries that want to join, those countries like Ukraine that it may have a corruption problem and do, I think it's documented, Ukraine is fairly corrupt. We're demanding that these countries that have a, you know, some other problems have spotless houses while ours looks like a hoarder's nest. Who knows? Maybe he's got another sweet deal for Ukraine that he'll slide under the table for their entry into NATO. Even Follywood couldn't make up this story in a million years. I've also got a quote here I want to read to you. Corruption is a cancer, a cancer that eats away at a citizen's faith in democracy, diminishes the instinct for innovation and creativity. Already tight national budgets crowding out important national investments. It wastes the talent of entire generations. It scares away investments and jobs. And most importantly, it denies the people their dignity. It saps the collective strength and resolve of a nation. Corruption is just another form of tyranny. Now, those words were spoken by none other than one Joseph R. Biden Jr. on May 21st, 2014, in a speech to Romanian civil service groups and students in Bucharest. Now, I'm sure old Joe doesn't remember saying these words, but both Pepperidge Farms and the White House archives do. Biden's speechwriter might remember it too. Yet here we are, this corrupt administration doing all they can 
to the contrary of their dear leader's words of wisdom. More apt is his speechwriter's words of wisdom. We can be real here. No, this is just a thought. Maybe we should start at home with the battle against corruption before we go telling other countries what to do. Maybe the Biden clown show should be doing things to restore faith in democracy. Maybe they should be doing things that make our nation strong and resilient instead of the weak and subservient laughingstock it seems to be on track to become. This is just another example of the complete buffoonery and idiocy that goes on within our shell of a government. Moving on. Who are the most oppressed people on the planet? Go on and take a guess. If you said anything other than Ivy League college students, you would be wrong. I have a story here from Red State, written by Banchi, of a North Korean defector who was quite surprised, to say the least, at the pervasiveness of woke culture in America and how oppressed Ivy League college students are. We live in a country with educators who know more about oppression than people who have actually defected from oppressive regimes. Educators who are filling our students' heads with these garbage ideas and nonsense theories of things they've never experienced in their life. Now, the North Korean defector, Yanmi Park, transferred to Columbia University in 2016 from a South Korean university. And she was taken aback about how far uh, down the woke path America has really gone. What she has seen has taken her back to the time, to her time in North Korea. Here's what Park had to say about her, her initial encounter. I expected that I was paying this fortune, all this time and energy, to learn how to think. But they are forcing you to think the way they want you to think. And Park said that in an interview with Fox News. She goes on to say this. I realized, wow, this is insane. I thought America was different, but I saw so many similarities to what I saw in North Korea that I started worrying. And why wouldn't you? If anybody would know about uh, oppression and political correctness and wokeness, I would say it's probably someone that uh, managed to get out of North Korea. Now, if we look at this, we break this down. Park was paying a ton of money to get the same indoctrination she could have gotten for free had she remained in North Korea. Her expectation was to be going to an Ivy League school, which are supposed to be the best of the best and churn out the best thinkers on the planet. At least that's what we're told and what they think anyway. She thought she was going there to be able to learn how to think. She thought she was going to an Ivy League school to be encouraged to explore other ideas and how they fit together in the realm of our world. However, as Park notes, and is as an all-too-common occurrence, it seems, she was told what to think. She was told, you have to think this, and you know what? You're going to like it. She's paying $50,000 annually 
to be told what to think. Again, if she wanted to be told what to think, I'm sure she would have stayed in North Korea. Now, this groupthink didn't start in class. During her orientation, Park was admonished by a university staffer because she mentioned that she liked Jane Austen novels. And true to form, because the left always accuses you of what they themselves are doing or guilty of, the staffer had this to say about Jane Austen. Then she said, Park in, uh, says in relation to this staffer, Did you know those writers had a colonial mindset? They were racists and bigots and are subconsciously brainwashing you. Now, I admittedly am not up on my Jane Austen uh, works of literature. I'm not even sure I would be in Jane Austen's target audience. But my wife has read Jane Austen. And I would bet that if any of the racist and bigot nonsense were true that this university staffer was claiming, my wife wouldn't be reading Jane Austen novels. Yet here we have the classic case of Jane Austen being accused of something that this staffer is likely guilty of or harboring. And honestly brainwashed into thinking. She is a staffer, uh, after all, at uh, Columbia University. If Jane Austen and writers of her time period had a colonial mindset and were racist and bigots, then what does that make these woke Ivy Leaguers who are culturally appropriating those who are or have truly been oppressed? Ivy Leaguers, uh, uh, we heard it from Park. They're, they're claiming that they're, they're an oppressed group, these Ivy Leaguers. Isn't that cultural appropriation of people that are oppressed? Seems that way to me. And we already know also that Yale has racial bias. They put themselves on record saying as much that they had given preference to black students over Asian students in admissions. If I were to look at this through the lens of the return on investment in my money being spent, if I were looking at going back to college, I think that colleges really have no function anymore and there is no return on my investment dollar. I'm not going to be enlightened on how to think anymore. I'm not going to get that freedom of thought. I don't even have freedom of expression on college campuses, most college campuses anymore. My return on investment dollars in a college education, to me, as I look at it, is nothing. And you think about what is the mission of a college? They are supposed to be places where key research comes from, and places where people go to learn things like critical thinking skills and go to have a free exchange of ideas. What we are getting from our colleges now, we're still getting some of the research, though sometimes I think it gets slanted to fit a narrative. And we are getting uh, many uh, students who are being told what to think now. And they're being told, you'll be happy for us to tell you what to think. We're going to tell you what to think and you'll like it. The whole system to me needs to be scrapped and rebuilt. As I wrote in a blog post a couple months back, 
college is wholly unnecessary for the majority of jobs out there. College may be part of the reason corporations have taken the left turn to Wokistan. It is awfully hard today to get an office job in a big company without a degree. It's impossible to move into management without a minimum of a bachelor's degree. But most, if not all of those office jobs in corporate America can be done without a college degree. It seems that it has become some sort of symbiotic relationship. Kind of, you always hear of the, the uh, you know, school to prison pipeline or whatever it is, that this is the college to woke corporation pipeline. You know, you just keep it going, it becomes an endless circle. And then we have what we are seeing today with the exploding uh, amount of companies that feel the need to come out and speak out on uh, on uh, political issues, as opposed to just sticking to their core function, which is to provide a good or service for the community, for their customers. And, you know, honestly, to, to make our lives better, right? I mean, that's that that's what these corporations should be sticking to. They shouldn't be getting into political arenas at all. Now, Park also noted that she was corrected for using he or she. Use the right pronouns, she was told. Now, as, a, as an aside, anybody curious about my pronouns? They are American, patriot, and done with this stupidity. I can only venture a guess that if Park was using he and she, that there are only two genders in North Korea, and that the mermaid king-queens have not yet gained a foothold in North Korean society. So there you go. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing they don't have the uh, 10,782 genders in North Korea that we have here. She's uh, only using he and she. Now, Yanmi Park also described a very anti-American sentiment within uh, her classes and within uh, her time at Columbia University. And again, this is much like what she experienced in her home country before defecting. Now, this isn't a surprise. I think we all know this to be true, that many of the educated among us actually hate our country. Not all, mind you. There are uh, still several that uh, we see out there that are speaking out and speaking up about the greatness of this country and speaking out against all this woke nonsense. So it's not all, but there's many. It's definitely a leftist slant within our uh, educational system, especially at the college level. Now, I would propose this solution to all this, uh, all these professors saying how oppressed we are and how much oppression we're putting down on other groups of people and all this other stuff that doesn't exist that I've talked about previously. I say we set up an exchange program with places like North Korea. Let's let these poor oppressed souls go and experience it for a little bit. Let them get the experience that they think they already have. Let them get the knowledge they think they already have about what makes someone oppressed. Maybe after gaining some real-world experience in an oppressed country, they will have a new outlook on the luxury they are afforded here to spout their ridiculous theories, to spout this ridiculous nonsense like critical race theory, this ridiculous garbage about 
America is a is an oppressor country and it's a horrible country. Maybe these elitist educators would appreciate the ability they have to speak freely here and to criticize different viewpoints, to discuss different viewpoints, or even to criticize the government freely and have a different opinion from the government freely. Maybe we send them on a little ex- exchange trip here. They get this experience and the viewpoint changes with them. That seems like a uh, a fair uh, and reasonable solution to me. Experience is the best teacher. And if we send these frauds that want to claim oppression or want to claim America so oppressive, let's give them a different viewpoint so we can see if the validity still stands in their minds as to their claims that they've been making. Now, perhaps the my favorite line of this piece by Banchi is this one. She writes this. In the end, she, meaning Park, saw a group of adult babies whining about their supposed oppression while having never truly known any in their lives. Remember, the Ivy League schools are almost exclusively made up of people from well-off families who wouldn't know tyranny if it slapped them in the face. Now, does it get any more accurate than that? Ivy League schools, for the most part, are made up of the kids of the elites. What is it that makes them such experts on tyranny and oppression after knowing nothing but luxury and having plenty their entire lives? Is it oppressive to have to go to Martha's Vineyard or Aspen every weekend? Are their parents such tyrants for making them go on trips to Paris or Milan? Or is it in their uh, own longing for the life of a normie that makes them this way? Do these Ivy League students think it was their parents oppressing them by making them do these elite things? Could it be because their parents may have been trust fund babies themselves and feel guilty that they didn't actually have to work or do anything for their wealth? So they project that self and country loathing onto their kids. The kids learn it and perpetuate it, and then go to these Ivy League schools and whine about it until actually actual oppressed people like uh, Miss Park from North Korea that Jane Austen is an oppressor. How much of the contribution to this ideology is just the simple fact of the snobbery that comes from being an Ivy League graduate and the thought that being a graduate of an Ivy League school somehow makes you that much better and smarter than the rest of the people on the planet. Now, this ideology has to be taught. It has to come from somewhere. Whatever it is, wherever it came from and whatever it is, maybe a trip to North Korea will cure what ails these people. Experience is the best teacher. Now, we can send these students, too, with the professors on that oppression internship exchange program. Now, the last story I have here is a feel-good story, and it shows once again how the rank and file of our armed forces are some of the best people around. I have an Epic Times piece that I'll link in the description box. It's titled, Sister of U.S. Soldier Loses Her Hair Battling Cancer, So Compatriots Shave Their Head in Support. The story is of Sergeant Brandon Stafford's older sister, uh, Melissa Hiel, 
who was diagnosed with a brain tumor in late 2020. She underwent the usual battery of treatments, surgery to remove the tumor, radiation, and of course, chemotherapy. And predictably, the chemotherapy made her hair fall out. So it got to the point where Melissa shaved her head. That led to her brothers and nephews also doing so in support of, um, of Melissa's battle with cancer. And that includes her brother, Sergeant Stafford. When Sergeant Stafford's battalion members kept asking him why he shaved his head, he revealed the reason why that it was in support of his sister's battle with cancer. And without any prompting, 15 members of his battalion also shaved their heads in support of Melissa. There was the obligatory picture taken, and it was posted on Facebook. And that really blew Melissa away. She couldn't believe that people whom she didn't even know would find it in their heart to support her. She noted that when the picture was posted, it was her worst week of the treatments as far as feeling ill and everything, you know, just feeling down and feeling like, if I, am I ever going to get out of this? You know, all the things that go with a, you're battling cancer and just how long and tough of a road that is. It was this show of support that really lifted her spirits and gave her the encouragement to keep pressing on in her recovery. There is still a lot of good that goes on in this world. It doesn't get publicized nearly enough, in my opinion. And I think, for the most part, none of us really look for it enough. But it's there. And it's these little things, like this battalion sh just shaving their heads in support of, of, a, of a comrade's sister. Little things like that that can make a huge difference in people's lives. A little word of encouragement or a little show of support can go a long way in helping someone in ways that you would never have imagined. As it hats off to this group of soldiers who took time to show support for someone they didn't even know, proving once again why our military personnel, the rank and file, are some of the best people around. Friends, that's my show for today. Thank you for listening. Please check out my website, livingwithlibertypodcast.com. There you'll find links to my past shows, my original articles, as well as other resources to help arm you with the knowledge in fighting off the prevailing narratives of the day. While on my website, check out my store, Living With Liberty Outfitters. Lastly, I'd be so grateful if you subscribed to the show and left a positive review should your listening platform allow. Subscribing helps us move up the charts and helps more people find the truth. I appreciate you spending part of your day with me. Please help us spread the truth by sharing my show and website with friends and family, as well as on your social media accounts. My website is livingwithlibertypodcast.com. Also, let's connect. Follow me on Parlor and Gab. My handle on both is at Living with Liberty. You can also go to the contact page of my website and email me or follow the links there to my social media pages. Liberty isn't a given. We must fight to protect it. Working together, 
we will do exactly that. Until next time.